Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight uh, here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Uh, my name is Dave Evans. This is my wife, Sherry. And we're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on the true nature of God by Andrew Womack. Uh, we'll be in Chapter 7 again tonight on uh, God's goodness and ministry. We'll be under the section heading, The Reason to Live Holy. So we'll be talking about holiness tonight. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then, uh, so anyway, if you can follow us on our previous Bible studies, if you'd like to, our website, LighthouseDiscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. We have all of our uh, Bible studies archived there for your viewing. Anyway, uh, let's see, uh, anything else I want to uh, touch on before we get started tonight? So again, we're on the True Nature of God uh, by Andrew Womack, uh, chapter 7, and uh, we'll be under the section heading, The Reason to Live Holy. So we'll be talking about holiness tonight. And then uh, once we're done with this book, if we're almost done, we're going to be doing a new Bible study on Sunday nights on effortless change. Uh, also by Andrew Womack. Uh, and we'll talk about more specifically about being in the Word of God, the importance of being in the Word of God based on the parable of the sower. Uh, and so uh, that, that's where that Bible study will go. So uh, we'll have more information as we get closer to that, uh, that transition. So, Sherry will uh, narrate for us tonight. She'll read, and then uh, we'll talk about it. So, again, thank you. We're in the true nature of God. Chapter 7 talks about God's goodness and ministry under the section here. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the reason to live holy. The reason I live a holy life is because if I don't, Satan is going to have inroads into my life, and I cannot afford the luxury of Satan putting problems on me. I try to live holy as a defense against the devil and as a testimony to other people. I offer it to God because I know it's pleasing to him when he sees me acting the way he wants me to. But I never use it as a basis of my relationship with him. Because of that, Satan can't make me go up and down emotionally in proportion to my performance. I found the place of peace in the Lord right at the point where I had blown it regard regarding performance. If someone needs prayer now, I don't look at whether I've lived good or bad that day. I know I can shoot my best shot for people in prayer and get them healed through who Jesus is and not through who Andrew Womack is. Praise God. I've seen some of the greatest miracles when I was at my lowest. As a matter of fact, I believe that's what Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians 12.10 when he said, When I am weak, then am I strong. Because Paul recognized his weakness and had this truth of grace and holiness in proper perspective. When he had failed in his own performance, he could trust in God that much more. When I've been doing everything right, I have a tendency to say, God, you just get me introduced tonight and I promise you I can handle it from there because I've got it together. But when I've blown it in my preparation, I have a tendency to say, God, it's got to be you. And that's usually when I get used by him the greatest, because I've put all of my attention on him. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 29. 
God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, the base things of the world to confound the mighty, and the things which are not to bring to nothing things that are. Do you know the primary reason God does that? It's because people who are foolish, base, or despised in the eyes of the world, those with no natural talent or ability, are the people who trust in God the most. They don't have anything else to trust. The reason God doesn't often use the mighty is because they must quit trusting in themselves first. The reason people in Africa get killed so easily is because they don't have anyone to rely on but Jesus. They don't have modern medicine and a drugstore on the corner. If they get a headache, Jesus is their only healer. God doesn't use us very much if we trust in our own abilities and power. God often uses country hicks to preach the gospel for that very reason. I guarantee you, when you're a hick from Texas like me, then you know it has to be God on your behalf or you haven't got a chance. And there's freedom in that. By trying to perform under the law, we've done exactly the opposite of what God intended. We think we know what we need to do to see his blessings in our ministries. But after we fail miserably, we know we can't do it, and we tend to trust in Jesus instead of trusting ourselves. The nature of God never was to give us a list of all the things we have to do. The nature of God never was to stone people for picking up sticks on the Sabbath. Maybe we haven't been studying the word at all, but God loves us whether we ever open the Bible another day in our lives. Please don't misunderstand. God's anointing is not based on our performance, but if we don't open the word, we're stupid because that's where the words of life are. That's where we get revelation of his true nature and are set free. Go to church, but don't go to church so you can think, God, I've been going to church. How come you aren't doing anything great in my life? No, you don't go to church because God is keeping records and giving you brownie points or gold stars for every time you attend a meeting. You need to go to church to worship and hear from God, to grow up through relationship with other believers, and to find the place God wants you to minister. Go to church because it will transform your life. God still loves you if you stay home, but you simply won't know the love of God without fellowship and interaction in a church. If we don't live holy lives, God will love us just the same. But if we don't live holy lives, we're going to give Satan inroads into our lives. And we aren't going to prosper under circumstances like that. Okay, so again we're talking about the true nature of God from Andrew Womack. We're under the section, I mean the chapter... <clears throat> excuse me, God's goodness and ministry, and we talked to our Sherry just read about the reason to live holy. Now again, none of us are against holiness. We're all for holiness. We're all for godliness. We're all to live righteous, holy lives. But the source of our holiness is not our performance. There's only one thing that can make anyone holy. That's the blood of Jesus. And, and we live holy because we are holy. Uh, holiness, and I'm going to read a verse in a moment, holiness comes from God. And uh, <coughs> holiness is who we put on, it's not what we do. But when we trust in our holiness, and if we, if we think God's going to answer our prayers or use us because of our goodness, then we're trusting us and not trusting God. We, we, we are all for living godly and living holy lives. 
but we can't trust what we're doing and the fact that God's going to use us or answer our prayers. It's not based on us. And I, don't, I forget exactly how Andrew said it here uh, just a minute ago. He said, um, I know I can sh shoot my best shot for people in prayer and get them healed through who Jesus is and not through who Andrew Womack is. Praise God. God's going to answer our prayers based on who Christ is, what he's done, uh, not because of what we've done. God works by faith. When we put our faith in his grace, when we put our faith in him, See, when you're putting your, if you're living holy lives and then you're now thinking God's going to answer your prayer based on your holiness, you're putting your faith in you. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Um, we still want to live holy lives, but it's not, uh, you know, the law is still holy, but we don't, the danger about the law is the law can't make anyone holy. You can keep all the law, which no one has, uh, but you could, if you have to say you could, uh, you, the law can't make anyone holy. The law doesn't. <clears throat> the law doesn't have grace. The law doesn't have mercy. The, the law is called, according to Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it's called the ministry of death. It's called the ministry of condemnation. The law can only condemn. The law can't make you holy. If you break the law, there's no mercy. But Christ, that's why Christ came to be our sin. And um, he, he, he crucified our sin. He became our sin, was crucified, was buried. And he gave us his righteousness. There's a verse here, uh, I love this passage here in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 to 24. I'll read it real quick. But it says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have been taught by him, or, I'm sorry, let me read that verse 21 again. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. There's a truth that we need to learn. <coughs> There's a truth that we need to so learn. And this truth that we need to so learn is in Jesus. And I, I, I love the King James because at the end of verse 21, there's a colon. And this colon, the colon tells me that he's going to expound on what this truth that we need to so learn. This truth is, in verse, starting with verse 22, is that you put off concerning your former conduct an old man, which, is, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. So let me just simplify this. There's a lot of reading there, but there's a truth that we need to so learn. That that phrase so learn means to be imbued. It means to be uh, saturated, to be permeated in. There's a truth that we need to be so permeated in that we need to so learn. And this truth is in Jesus. And this truth, what's the truth? That we put off the old man and the spirit of our mind put on the new man. This new man that we put on is created according to God. In true righteousness and holiness. Holiness is not something we do. Holiness is who we are. And there's other references I'm not going to turn to right now, but it's called the fruit of holiness. Holiness should be the fruit. It's not the root. It's not the source. If you can become holy because you live holy, then in one sense you're telling me you don't need Jesus. Because you can become holy on your own. And that's not true. You can't become holy without Jesus. There's only one thing that's going to make you holy, and that's Jesus. But even if you are living holy, and we, we do want you to live holy, uh, you know, but uh, if, you, if you're trusting in what you're doing, think God's going to use you and bless you because of what you're doing. 
You're putting all your faith in you, and that's that's dangerous. That's 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 called self self righteousness. And the Bible talks about that. The Bible calls self righteousness like filthy rags. Isaiah sixty four verse six, uh, verse four, uh, somewhere in that territory. But uh, anyway, uh, let's, let's also uh, he said something towards the end of this section. He says, you know, uh, you use church going to church as an example. You don't go to church because you think God's going to be blessed you by your attendance. God's not up in heaven keeping attendance. Keeping attendance. God's going to love you no matter what you do. God loved you when you were a sinner. God loved you when you wanted nothing to do with him. That's why he died for you. You were worth dying for when you wanted nothing to do with God. You think he loves you less now that you're his child? Um, at the same point in time, going to church is not going to change God's perception of you. Going to church is going to change you. Going to church or not going to church is going to change your perception of God. Same thing with being in the Word of God. Same thing with praying. Same thing with other things that we do. Because if you, if you stop going to church, and we've seen people, if they get the revelation of God's grace and God's love, and they stop going to church, and they start doing church on their own, and they isolate themselves from the flock, and we've seen them all. We've never seen one case where that's been positive. It's always been a negative. And some of these people have gone back to their, eventually get back to their old lifestyles. Some have gone back to drugs. Some have gone back to some other lifestyles. Those are some severe cases. I know that's not always the case if that means that's severe. But we've never seen one good... Uh, God never called us to be isolated. And, uh, and there's so many things I can teach about that. But when you're around the church, and when you're going to church and hearing the word, and being pastored and, and different things, it's going to... It's, it's supposed to edify you towards good deeds. Now, understand, when you go to church, and, and some churches, uh, some people will fail you. People make mistakes. And there's some, there's some, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a positive word to say something negative. But it, there, there's some weirdos out there that, that you know, uh, that, that they, uh, lack a better term, they've been a stumbling block to people. They, you know, they committed, they, they've done some horrible things. And I get it, there's, there's imperfect people out there, and there's even worse than that. You know, don't let a bad experience de deter you from going to church and being around a healthy body. Even if you've got to travel to go there, whatever you got to do, uh, you know, if you're looking for a perfect church, you're not going to find it. When you find, when you when you have sheep, you have manure. When you when you have pe you have people, you're going to find some problems. I'm not excusing people's problems. But there's no perfect church out there because there's no perfect Christian out there. God doesn't have anyone qualified working for him. God, you're not, God's not going to use you and ask your prayers because you're qualified. The only thing that qualifies you is the blood of Jesus. And at the same point in time, we're in a walk and we need to learn to walk. And I understand there's some bad churches and some churches I wouldn't recommend. But at the same point in time, you know, if you're looking for a perfect church, if you're looking for a perfect pastor, you're not going to find it. I mean... Um, hopefully I'm making sense on this. I can get off on this bandwagon for the hours, but I'm trying to steer this back. You know, we're talking about holiness. We're talking about the nature of God. You know, the title of this chapter is God's goodness and ministry. You know, uh, God's going to use you based on his goodness. But you know what? You hang around God. You hang around a good, healthy body. You're going to have a hard, harder time living in sin. Uh, people who will keep you accountable, people who have... Uh, you know, it's easier to get into the, on the wrong road when you're li living isolated. You know, it's, it's easier. It's just, it's just easier. Uh, but, uh, I mean, we, none of us want to hang around a bad crowd either. You know, there are some bad churches out there, don't get me wrong. But, 
we don't do these things to be, be holy. We don't do these things so God uh, looks at our attendance and our, our, our Bible reading and, uh, oh, he's got a gold star here and I'm going to use him. No, he's, he works by faith. God sees those who are trusting him. The, the just live by his faith. And God is going to reward according to faith. Um, and now some people think faith is a performance saying. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're going, we're, we're, are we trusting God? Are we trusting God? Or, or is our faith in ourselves or our faith in God? And uh, it's not that God's rewarding us. Well, he's trust me. I'm not, not going to reward him. No, it's just that our faith in him activates, uh, it, it activates the, uh, how do I want to put it? Uh, you know, faith without works is dead. So if you're not, you know, if you're not trusting God, if you're not relying on God, your faith is dead. And then that, that, that faith is going to have a corresponding action. You know, if, uh, uh, I'm just trying to think of some examples. Let's just think of Peter. Peter's a good example of faith. When God told him to cast out on the other side of the boat. Well, if God tells you to do something, then do it. <laughs> you know, and so, so uh, we, we, it, it puts that faith, if, you know, if, if God told Peter to cast his net on the other side, Peter said, I'm not going to. <laughs> you know? Well, that faith in that circumstance is dead. It's not going to work. You know? Uh, he, he could say, I'm a fisherman. I know how to fish. You're not a fisherman. I'm going to keep the fish on this side of the boat. Well, God tells you to do something, do it. And I, 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 um, do you have anything to add, sure? I, I do. Um, I could go on so many tangents by what Dave was sharing, and uh, I wanted to look up a reference to add to the verse I already have to share, but Dave can help me. Um, you know, we're, when we're talking about holiness, and, and both Andrew and Dave are, are saying that it's not what we do ourselves, it's, it's our faith in Christ that helps us to, to live holy, because it's what God's done on the inside that uh, works out on the outside, if that makes sense. Um, but it's but it's God in us that that makes us holy. It's His blood that was shed for us that makes us holy. But I love Paul's prayer in in Philippians one, verses um, nine through eleven. He says, "And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent." that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. And I know Dave's uh, spoken before, uh, I believe on sun uh, Sunday mornings, and I don't remember the title of the series, but he had, uh, he had spoke about the, the fruit of righteousness and how we are righteous, goes back to 2 Corinthians 5.21, which we talk about a lot, and actually further in, uh, before in that chapter, it talks about how we're new creations. But the last verse, five, uh, chapter 5, verse 21 of 2 Corinthians, Corinthians, says that we are righteous because of Jesus. God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us, that we would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I know we're talking about holiness, but to me, righteousness and holiness are basically in the same category, even if they have different meanings. It's just that living 
godly, living, justified, living holy, living righteous, all because of Jesus. And I love Paul's prayer because he says for us to be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus. We can't live holy unless it's Christ in us. And even if we were to study out the uh, fruit of the Spirit, it's the Spirit in us that when we abide in the vine, this fruit of holiness, this fruit of righteousness comes out and we live it out in our lives. You know, I, I really appreciate Andrew's point of if we don't live holy, we let Satan have inroads in our life. That's pretty scary. If we don't live holy, that is one avenue where uh, we can let strife in our life, we can let stress in our life, we can let sin in our life, we can let all sorts of, of, of bad things in our life which will affect our family and our relationships, uh, our health. I mean, we could just uh, let Satan have his heyday and, and we just go to hell in a handbasket, so to speak. He just destroys our lives by... by uh, encouraging us to, to sin and I don't want that on anybody. I've seen what happened to different people who've let inroads in their let Satan have inroads in their lives and I don't wish that on my worst enemy. I want everyone to have this life that Paul prays about that our love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment. That we may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be seer and without offense, which is a something big in my heart for all of us without living that uh, a life without offense till the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness that is my prayer for everyone but I know Andrews is talking about living a holy life and there is a verse which I was going to look up uh, I didn't have time so Dave uh, hopefully will help me but when we uh, and I hope I can quote it enough so Dave can help me. But grace teaches us to deny ungodliness. It's knowing God's grace. It's knowing his love helps us to deny unholiness, ungodliness, if I could put it that way. But it's only in Christ that we can do this. I, I can try to, uh, what's the quote that Andrew and Lawson likes to say, uh, don't drink, don't chew, don't go around with those who do. There's more, there's more to holiness than that. But I can try on my own, but I'll slip and fall uh, because I'm doing it on myself. It's that self-righteousness thing. You know, I, I have always, my whole life, wanted to go to church. I enjoy going to church. I enjoy worshiping as a body of Christ. I enjoy hearing good teaching so that I can go about my week and, and chew on it and it helps my Christian life. But unless I look through the lens of what Jesus has done for me and who he is, me living in holiness or trying to is, is a joke. I need Jesus in my life. I need other Christians in my life, the body of Christ, so that their godly example can help me. Uh, we went to a church a while ago, and there is this couple who, they were the most unassuming couple. Uh, they, were, they were elderly, 
but you never knew that they were giants in the faith until you had a relationship with them. They were so quiet, they were not prideful at all, but just by listening to them, they didn't complain, they, they glorified God in everything they did, they had been missionaries and pillars of the church for years, but you didn't hear that come out of their lives, out of their mouths, you heard peace out of their mouths, you heard joy, you heard the love of God for everybody, and they were my example. They were what I would see as the most holy couple on the face of the earth. But it was it was all because their focus was on Jesus and what Jesus had had, had done. And so, um, I don't know if there's a reference you were talking about, but in Titus two eleven to twelve, actually, I read a little further. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldliness, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. There's a lot of good nuggets in there. Uh, but, you know, his grace will teach us to live godly, live holy lives, you know. And I brought, I'm glad Sherry piggybacked on it, you know, what Andrew does say, you know. When we live in sin, when we commit sin, we are just letting the end road to the devil in our lives. Sin is still dangerous. We're not downplaying that at all. But um, what we are trying to magnify is the antidote. The antidote is Jesus. And we're all, we are magnifying, what are we trusting in? Are we, I mean, are you trusting yourselves to live a holy life? Or are you trusting his grace that I just read to live a godly life? And there's a lot of non-Christians we, we have met through the years. They live pretty moral, godly lives in, in a sense of morality and whatnot. They can be some of the sweetest people sometimes, which it should be the other way around. But, uh, but, uh, but we've met some very nice, noble, uh, but the, the, the thing that's missing is they have not received Christ. You know, um, and so, <clears throat> you know, I, and I, I'm not trying to put down anybody, but I hear it magnifying Jesus. That, you know, without, unless they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they're not going to heaven. And God can't use them, <laughs> you know. And so, um, but at the same point in time, we are advocating a, a godly life, a holy life. But, uh, you know, again, I'm just using what uh, Andrew shared and then. Sherry piggyback on that, you know, going to church was one of those examples. I know it's a little different right now with COVID and everything else, innovative. But, you know, I grew up in a, I'm glad I grew up in a good Christian home. I've never missed church except for a very few rare occasions. Uh, I just don't. I don't, you know, I used to work at In-N-Out Burgers, and I had a, a conversation with a manager one time. He said, you have to go to church every Sunday. I go, no, I get to. He goes, well, why Sunday? Why not go to church on Wednesday or Monday or Tuesday. I go, I could. Actually, I had a key to the church, so I can go there anytime I wanted to. But the church is the people, not the building. And I said, but our church meets on Sunday. I can, I can go anytime I want, but our family, I see the church as a family. It's called the family of God. Our family meets on Sunday. You know, uh, one of our fa favorite uh, TV shows was Blue Bloods, and they had, they had family dinner every Sunday afternoon. You know, and they didn't miss Sunday dinner. Uh, he's a father was a commissioner of the city. Uh, we have other, other people who are in law enforcement and, and district attorneys, whatnot. And they met on Sunday. It was just sacred. 
not secular as it was taboo to miss, but you just, I don't want to miss. Uh, you know, uh, we uh, 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 one of the churches I, I, I grew up with, uh, the family, the pastoral family went on vacation now and then, and I remember this one time where they went not too far from uh, home, but they were out of town a little ways. But the kids, they had four kids, uh, I think, maybe four, I can't, I can't remember how many daughters, three, three or four daughters and an adopted boy. And uh, when they went on vacation one time, uh, that why the parents didn't need a break and they just needed to, you know, we all need time away. I'm not against that at all. That's all, that's all biblical. But uh, the kids, even though they were on vacation, they didn't want to be away from church. So they, they were old enough to drive. They drove to the church and they went back to vacation. The kids just didn't want to miss church. Uh, you know, it's just, this is, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, if I had my way, I'd be in church every day. And there's been times in some churches we, we've been a part of because it was a larger church and they had more to go. I was there almost every single day, uh, you know, and because I was, again, I was young and I didn't have a lot of a place. It's just where I want to be. It's where God's people are. It's, it's uh, you know, the world, sometimes they'll go hang out at a bar every night. Or they'll go hang out at such and such places every night because that's where their buddies are. That's where their friends are. That's where their family is, you know. Um, and I mean, I know that's not everybody, but it's just that's where we hang out. And that's what that, that's just that's my favorite place. I mean, um, anyway, I, and I, I, you know, I don't think I would be where I'm at today if it wasn't for the for some of that. You know, uh, and so I, I go to church because I want to. I want to be part of the family. I, I love being a part of it, you know. And, uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, go ahead. And going to church, again, does not make you holy. No. But it's so beneficial. I mean, the the body of Christ, I mean, how, how I mean, there's so many scriptures that talks about the, the benefits of it. And I want all the benefits of God. And if God says it's beneficial for me to go to church and to be in the body of Christ, then that's what I want. And I, I want it for all of us. Um, and if there's anyone saying, well, I want to go to church, but I don't know where, pray. Pray about it. You know, I used to think, because uh, we've had a couple times when, when um, especially before we started this ministry, we were like, okay, we've moved where do we go to church? You know, where do we start? I, it's, I don't want to like go shopping for a church, but it's, but we're in a new area. So what do we do? And we just started visiting churches and praying, Lord, lead us to the right one. I mean, we were involved with a church after moved, moving to an area and Dave had just driven by and saw someone in the parking lot and he stopped and it was the pastor. And that's how we found our church. Uh, Dave got in conversation with him and just felt, you know, a tug in his, in his spirit and his heart that we're to check this church out. And it was a blessing. We had many good friends in that church. And so the Holy Spirit's faithful. He's not going to not lead you to church. And it's not the devil saying go to church. Uh, but, I mean, it's just, I, I we can't say enough about uh, about it and I know in this day and age it, it's kind of difficult but we, we encourage you to, to do what you can alright I could I share even more stories but I want to go, go further let's talk about uh, this last section of chapter 7 relationship is everything that's kind of the direction I want to go with this anyway so. okay. 
Sometimes we let knowledge puff us up and that makes us self-centered and more focused on what God could produce for us than on God himself. Now we don't have to choose one or the other. We don't have to go back to the place where all we do is just love God and have a devotion for him, but don't know what God's will is for our lives. We don't have to live in bondage to sin and the law all of our lives. We don't have to think God doesn't want us to prosper us. We don't have to think God has taken our loved ones. We don't have to go back to all the tradition of men. But we also don't have to go back to the place where all we do is just study the doctrinal knowledge about God. We can know him and walk in abundant life and have faith produced in our lives. I really believe God is trying to bring those things into harmony in the body of Christ. He's calling us into relationship with him where he really, where, where he really, I'm sorry, let me start over. He is calling us into relationship with him where he is really the center of everything. I heard a song that says, I would give my last breath to know him in his death and resurrection. That's a powerful statement, and it's easier to sing it than it is to live it. But that is what God is calling us to do. I remember when I went through the catacombs of Rome when I was only 18 years old. I read about the persecution and trials of the early Christians. They buried their dead in the walls along the catacombs because the Romans would have desecrated their burial places. Believers would bring their dead to the catacombs for burial because it was where they met for church so they could protect the graves of their loved ones. There were inscriptions all along the catacombs, and I remember one of them read, Here lie my wife and three-month-old daughter who proudly gave their lives for Jesus Christ in the Circus Maximus today. I felt overwhelmed by the commitment that permeated that place. It convicted me. In America today, people don't like to think about dying for the Lord. We like to think about living for the Lord. We like to think about having the abundance of God and material things. Why are many of us frightened of or unwilling to give our last breath just to know God in his death and resurrection, to realign our priorities so that God is the center of our lives? If I were suddenly to ask someone to get up right in the middle of one of my meetings and share some of the good things they have received from God, most of the time they would get tongue-tied and not be able to get anything out. Why is this? Because the moment they get up, they are self-conscious. They, no, they no longer have their attention on what God did, but are wondering, what are they going to think about me? The moment we get concerned about self, we aren't good channels for God to use in ministry. I believe those early Christians had lost their sense of self in Jesus. He was their very life and breath, and that's the way we need to be. When we live like this, living for him and not for ourselves, holiness just comes out. And when we minister to people, God can use us more effectively and powerfully. No, and a very simple term, the definition of a minister is a servant. That's what the word means by definition um, in the simplest form. But, you know, when we're focused on self, you know, no, no person who's focused on self is going to be a good servant of any kind. Because all you do is serving yourself anyway. Um, you know, but, uh, uh, there's other, you know, the, the title of the section is Relationship is Everything. And that's, 
you know, you'll hear Sherry and I keep saying this over and over again, and we will keep saying it over and over again. It's all about relationship. Yes, we believe in prayer. Yes, we, and actually the, cent, the most center point about prayer, and Andrew teaches this in his book, uh, A Better Way to Pray, that the, the, uh, the, the prayer in the simplest form is nothing but relationship with God. But the key thing that we're, we're focused on is having a relationship with God. Who's the center of your life? Are you, your family, your job, your career, uh, your hobbies? Uh, you know, I can go on and on. But who's the center of your life? And I, not only do I want to be God, God to be the center, I want Him to be the center of my life. You know, I don't want to just say that. I want that to be the truth. And you can, I mean... You know when something's the center of someone's life because that's all they talk about. That's all they do. That's all they, they live and breathe it, you know. And uh, uh, I'm, there's some people I know, they, I mean, they just love their families. I mean, there's some people, they love their families and they love the Lord both. And, and, uh, and, and you know, I'm not, I guess I'm not teaching anti-family, don't get me wrong by any means. But, you know, God's going to be the center of your life. And the, if you're going to be a good husband, good good spouse, good wife uh, of any kind, he, God's got to be the center of your life. And uh, that's one of the key things that we're teaching in, in this church is uh, Christ being the center of your life. Not religiously, but relationally. I'm teaching on the Holy Spirit on Sunday mornings. And my focus is knowing the Holy Spirit, having a relationship with Him. And having a relationship with God. Having a relationship with the Father. Jesus didn't do anything without spending time with the Father. It's all about relationship. It's not about religion. We teach against religion. Um, but we teach for a relationship with God. And it's just, it's such a cornerstone. It's such a, the most important thing. And there's different aspects to a relationship. Uh, you know, it's, it's not just, uh, if, and a relationship with God is not just having a prayer list all the time. Uh, Lord, help me here, help me now. Yes, we, yes, you can come to God boldly and you can ask Him anything you need. But a relationship is also listening. Uh, a relationship, and there really is no relationship at all. It is you doing all the talking, and it's all about you and all what you want, what you need. But uh, a relationship goes two ways: in both a marriage, in both a friendship, and an employer-employee relationship. There, there's a two-way road there, to, even there. If it's going to be a successful one, if it's going to be a, a mutual and good, healthy relationship, it's going to be two ways, you know. And uh, uh, anyway, it just. It's, relationship is so key, and uh, you know, and this goes back to holiness. Why? And the reason why I live holy is because, it, it, yes, it does please the Father. You know, I'm not going to do something intentionally that's going to displease my wife. That's not love. That's mean. That's cruel. Uh, that's not. That's disrespectful. And so, uh, you know, I don't intentionally. Even though I might not agree with everybody about different things, I'm not going to go out of my way to be disrespectful to them, even if I disagree. Now, some of that might depend on what we're talking about in the sense that if they're being disrespectful to me, I mean, I can get off so many different tangents with this. But just, you know, uh, the Bible does say to the weak, we come to the weak to win the weak. And I'm not saying everyone who disagrees with me is weak. You know, I could be the weak one in some areas. But, you know, it's just, I'm not going to go out of my way to, 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 um, revolt against something they say. Um, you know, at the same, same point in time, you know, it, it does go two ways. I'm not going to just be a doormat to everybody either. Uh, that's, not, that's, not, that's, not, not, that's not how it works. 
at the same point in time, you know, I, 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 I am here to serve and I am going to, to uh, uh, humble myself where I need be. Hopefully I'm making myself sense, make, make, make myself clear. But, you know, it just, it's about relationship with God. And that's the key. You know, there's some people, they've gone to church all their lives. They've, gone, they've, they've done different things. They've done this and that. But I'm, and, and as I'm talking with them, I'm not hearing anything about relationship. You can do, do all the right things and still not have a relationship, what I consider a relationship with God. And yet, relationship is so key. You want to piggyback on this? Yeah, and, you know, I know we haven't quite got there yet, even though we've alluded to it, and Dave also said our next study would be effortless change, but just a personal testimony for, for Dave and I, you know, we, we've we tried, both of us, to, to live holy because we thought we were supposed to, but when both of us, and pretty much the catalyst was when Dave was introduced to Andrew, um, and then we heard about Karis Bible College and went to Karis. But our effortless change happened when we basically fell in love with God again, but almost like the first time, because all we heard about for hours on end every week for days on end was just how much God loves us uh, what Jesus did for us and when all our focus went on Jesus we started changing and and I could say this more for Dave because because I I live with him so I, I get to witness this but he had more patience for people not by striving to but he had more grace for people just all because his focus was on Jesus Christ. And out of that came love for people, love for the church, love for the unchurched, so to speak, uh, sinners. I mean, he just was like, oh my gosh, God loves me so much. You know, I want that for other people. And that's really when he got the heart for um, the pastor's heart for the church and has uh, just wept for the church and grieved for the church. But his, the, the fruit of holiness started coming out of us because our focus was just on God, was just on Jesus, and it wasn't us striving to be holy. It just was the fruit of the relationship that, that both Dave and I are big on, the relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're really big on a relationship with all three. It's, it's the Godhead. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So we can have relationship with all three. And it's a necessity, but it also is a joy. Um, I've, I've had so much hope and joy and love in my life because of that relationship. Because of that, I've, I'm able to live holy it's that effortless change you know when you keep your eye on jesus and look full in his wonderful face the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace and the, the verse in isaiah we could all quote he will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stay on him when our mind is stayed on him fruit happens you know i referred to john 15 earlier but in verse 5 
excuse me, verse 5 of John 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You cannot be holy without Jesus. Yeah. One of the verses I used this morning, I, I don't normally teach out the message, but I read this in the Message Bible. Uh, so this is 2 Corinthians 13, 14. This is the last verse of uh, the book of 2 Corinthians. And Paul ends, this is his benediction, and he says, The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And I, I was obviously I'm talking about knowing the Holy Spirit, so I emphasize that intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. But there's that Godhead. It's all three of them, you know. Now, I want, and this is my heart as a pastor, I want everyone to experience the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. I want everyone to experience the extravagant love of God the Father. And I want everyone to experience the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. And so it's just, uh, and all three of those phrases uh, to me are talking about relationship. And uh, it's just, you know, piggyback something that Sherry said, you know, between 2013, 2016, Sherry and I were going to Bible college full time, Karis Bible college. We were going four days a week, four hours a day, that's 16 hours a week, getting good fellowship, good teaching. We had some worship in there. And uh, I mean, you just get that into your diet. I mean, uh, yes, we were working full-time or whatnot. That was probably the only season, at least in the, during that first year, we were not going to another church. Uh, we, were work, we were working full-time, going to school full-time, and we actually needed a day off, and Sunday was the only day we could get off. And so we actually took that as a together day uh, just for part of the year that year. And we didn't feel anything negative about that. We were getting 16 hours of church every week. Some people don't even get that much in a year, let alone a month. And so we didn't feel anything bad about that. Now, we don't, we don't necessarily encourage everybody to do that, uh, to do what we did. And we don't necessarily, uh, we eventually got back into, actually, we, shortly thereafter, we started this church. But, uh, uh, but even then, you know, um, uh, we, that wasn't the plan at the time. So that's kind of one reason we got back in church. But if we, didn't have, we weren't passing this church, we would be going somewhere. And we are listening to other teachings. And, and it's not just listening to teaching. That's only one aspect of church. It's about a relationship with God. And so, uh, I mean, there's just times I will just put the headphones on. Sherry will put the headphones on so we don't make a disturbance in the house. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, uh, we just want to worship God. And, and there's different ways of doing that. Uh, sometimes teaching, sometimes it's worship. Sometimes it's just, sometimes I like Sometimes I like going for a drive with no music on, and just being me and God. No music, no no artificial stuff. Not that it's all artificial. It's just I like a variety, you know. You know, I, I like a variety of meals. I don't just eat the same meal every night. I, we eat different meals every night. Uh, well, usually uh, every week we usually have two or three main meals a week, and then uh, you know we eat leftovers until it's gone. But uh, you know, it just we like some variety, you know. Uh, we're looking. We've been. We've had a busy December and November. We're actually looking forward to January, where we were thinking about today. We, we went for a little drive, and we're like, we don't have anything planned. To we don't even know in the next weekend where we have something planned, and we actually like that. Yesterday we we did a lot of stuff around the house, and we were so tired we went to bed two hours early. 
That's not like her. I mean, well, to get me to go to bed two hours early, I'm tired. I mean, I mean, Sherry's trying to get me to go to bed early for 20 years, and it doesn't work. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, but it was fun. It was actually fun doing something physical. I'm always behind a computer or behind a desk, and doing something physical was actually refreshing, even though I felt worn out, my back was sore, and different things. Uh, you know, uh, uh, but I, I felt good about it. Uh, but we're actually looking forward. We're not sure what we're going to do on the weekends. Uh, even having a lazy Saturday sounds kind of good, you know. Uh, but anyway, what I'm trying to do is, it's a relationship. You know, there's different seasons of life. We understand that. We're in a different season as a nation right now. We're in a different season with COVID and different things. And we get that. But we, 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 there are certain things that we need on our tool belt that God has given us. God has given us His Holy Spirit. He's given us His Word. He's given us the church. He's given us things to help us. They're help, and not only to help us, but we can help others. It, then maybe, you, maybe you're okay, but, but maybe God wants to use you to help someone else. You know? And so it, it's both. If, if all you're doing is helping others and you're not getting fed yourself, that's out of balance. But we, we're doing, we're, you know, there's so many things to this. And to me, it's awesome. I just, I, I go to church, I read the Word because I want to, you know? I mean, when you're dating, if you ever dated before, and you get a love letter from your special one, do you read it? Or do you like, oh, when I get around to it type of thing? I mean, if you have to take a bathroom break at work to go read it, you'll do it, you know? <laughs> Whatever you got to do. I mean, uh, people will sneak out to go smoke and different things, not that I encourage that, but, you know, they'll do what they want to do. And uh, about, you know, I read it because I want to, and I study, and I look at it forward and backwards. There's some verses I've read all my life. I've taught on it, I've preached on it, and I hear it again, and I saw something new. It's so beautiful, you know? Uh, it's just awesome. I spend, I spend time with God because I want to. And then most people do what they, you know, love to do, and that's just what I love to do. There's some <coughs> things I love to do. I mean, I I did things around the house yesterday because I love working around the house. I didn't even, I haven't had a chance to do that in a long time. It was so awesome. It was fun. You know, when, when Dave and I uh, first were, were courting, you know, uh, it, it, was, it was actually a, a perfect setup because uh, Dave and his job and where I lived with my parents were in a, a straight line, point A, B, and C. And so Dave would stop by point B, my parents' house, to see me before work, then go to work. Breakfast. Then he would come back on lunch break to see me. Lunch. Then go back to work. And then he'd come back to see me again before Dinner. going home. And it's kind of like our relationship with God. It's like any chance we get, uh, it's funny because... A lot of times uh, when I have the headphones on and I'm listening to, to messages or, or Bible classes, uh, but I'll listen to, to Dave and I'll quote him something he said and he'll be, oh, that's good. I'm like, well, you should know it's something you said. <laughs> but but it's just, I mean, God has given us so many resources to know him and it's such a joy to know him and knowing him uh, just fruit. The fruit of holiness, the fruit of, of just everything God has uh, for us just it comes out. And that's our prayer for you guys, that that you would find a, a church that, 
that you can go to and benefit from and be a benefit to, to the body of Christ there as well. Um, any kind of, of Bible study or, or whatever, and I get we're in a weird season with COVID and, and things are, are closed down, but there's, there's innovative ways um, to get together with the body of Christ. But it goes back to the true nature of God, and if God gives us something, if it's his benefit for us, if he not just encourages you to do it, but he also tells you in his word over and over that this is needful uh, for you, then, you know, I encourage you to, to, to do it because anything that God gives us is a good gift, and the body of Christ is a good gift. You know, we're talking about the true nature of God. And how do you get to know someone's true nature if you don't spend time with them? When you're dating, when you're courting, uh, you're getting to know the other person to see if this is a possible match. Uh, you know, friendships, you know. Uh, you get them easy when you go out for the first time or have them over for dinner or whatever kind of activity you might do. You're getting to know each other. And usually that first time you get together, you're just asking uh, uh, inquiry type questions. And tell me about, tell, you know, a lot of people have asked us when we, they've had us over for dinner, tell us your story. How did you meet? You know, that's a, a very common question we get a lot. You know, it's just, uh, you can to know each other. And as you spend time together, do things together, go camping together, go on excursions together, you get to know them. I, I mean, you can't spend time with someone and not get to know them. I mean, if you if you spend time with people and not get to know one, nobody's talking. <laughs> and even then, you can get to know them, their attitude, their facial expressions, and other things. But you get to know God by spending time with Him. Yes, I can know him through the pastor, and that's helpful. Yes, I can get to know him through other teachers and whatnot, that's helpful. But I want to get to know him face to face. I want to get to know him heart to heart. And I want to get to know him by spending time with him. And, and I like spending time with Sherry one on one. I also like spending time with Sherry with a group. I like sharing her in that in that regard. Uh, you know, I, we love having people over. We love doing things. Uh, you know, we we just love that. Now there are times where you know it was just going to be us. You know, and we love going. And we love all of us. We're getting to know each other. <coughs> After twenty years, we're still getting to know each other. Okay, and uh, and that's that's the fun part. One of the fun parts of a relationship, you get to know them. We're going to spend all eternity getting to know God, and face and this time and when and, uh, and, uh, when He comes again or we die. We're going to be able to see him face to face. You know, we've never had that experience before, but we're going to have all eternity to get to know them. You know, I mean, the, even the, 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 the four living creatures, every time they see a new aspect of God, they just cry out, holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. Uh, and I mean, some of these creatures are just, just full of eyes. They're seeing every angle of God that, that they can. I mean, it just to me, it's fascinating. Uh, you know, I can't understand it all. I can't picture it all. Uh, but I just know that God is so holy that every time these uh, living creatures see God, uh, they just see it. They just cry out, holy, holy, holy. He's just awesome. And so, anyway, yeah, that, that, that ties into holiness as well. So. And, and you might think that we've gone on way off-road tangents, but we started out, this chapter is God's goodness and ministry, and we started out with the section, The Reason to Live Holy, and then we went into relationship with everything, is everything. And so Andrew did tie living holy and relationship with God um, 
he, he did connect the two, so I uh, don't think Dave and I just went off in no man's land. But when we know God's true nature and we get to know him and we, we see his, his goodness, his promises, uh, health and wholeness that he has for us, just that grateful, thankful heart um, just produces so much fruit. And that, that holiness comes out and that enables us to minister. That's one of the aspects of God's true nature of goodness is seeing and, and him for who he is and thanking him, oh my gosh, what you did for me. And that turns around and that, that fruit comes out, that fruit of the holiness, that the fruit of the, being able to minister to someone. Um, I could try to minister uh, to someone, but if I don't know God's goodness for myself, um, I, I could f probably fall flat on my face. But because I do know God's goodness in my life, and if people do uh, see that, and I'm not saying we're perfect, because we're definitely not, but, you know, there there is a reason for... For all of this, and I hope I'm, I'm making sense. Uh, I, my mind wants to go on so many rabbit trails because it's it's God is so amazing, but He is holy. He is a holy God, but He's also a faithful and just and loving and good God. And there's so much to Him. Um, he created us in His image, and God is holy. And I could go off on that tangent. When he says, be holy as I am holy, but until we know him, until we have that relationship with him, uh, all of that on our own strength just is filthy rags. Well, we are out of time for tonight, so we just finished chapter 7, so that means we'll start chapter 8 next Sunday uh, anyway, so we've got two chapters remaining, and then we're going to start a new Bible study when we're done with this one on the effortless change. And, uh, and so anyway, we'll talk more about that as we get a little closer uh, to that. So anyway, uh, we, so we will have our Bible study this Wednesday at 7 o'clock on the New Year and the Holy Spirit. We're actually on the Holy Spirit side. And then we have our Sunday morning message on uh, knowing the Holy Spirit. Uh, Let the teen on Sunday's uh, live stream. Anyway. And I know, I'm yeah, sorry. And I know we haven't said this in a while, uh, but we do encourage you, if you need prayer or ministry, to reach out to us. Um, our uh, uh, website is, uh, li sorry, I can't even say it, lighthousediscipleship.org. Uh, you could Facebook Messenger us. Um, just reach out, and we're more than happy to pray, or if you have questions about the Even studies. the phone number on there, you can text us. You can do that as well. Right. So, uh, well, you bug us, we're buggable. So uh, that's what we're here for. So uh, anyway, um, let me also pray this out, and I'm also going to be praying for our nation this week, because this is a very, very important week. a lot going on in our nation this week. So Lord, we just thank you. We worship you. I just pray for everyone who's listening tonight, and everyone who's going to be listening to this on the archive, wherever they might pick it up. I just speak your blessing upon them. I pray that you, all of us, as we go through this new year, our relationship with you, or we go to new levels. I don't care whether how long we've been walking with you. We could be walking with you for decades, or we could be walking with you for just a few minutes, 
And Lord, I just pray that we would uh, experience a relationship with you at a new level we have never experienced before. I speak your blessing on us. I speak your, uh, anyone who needs healing, I speak healing in life and their body in the name of Jesus. Anyone who needs provision, I thank you, Lord, that hey, my God shall supply your needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Anyone who needs direction and wisdom, I thank you, Lord, that you give wisdom freely to those who ask. And Lord, we, uh, we do pray for our country. We pray for our president. We pray for our vice president. We pray for our representatives, Lord, who are desire a godly and, and just uh, uh, life and, and for our country. Lord, we just thank you that your justice would prevail in this country. Uh, everything that's going on with Georgia on Tuesday, as well as our, our Congress and everything on, on Wednesday. I just thank you, Lord. Uh, for again, for your justice, I thank you for your peace, and I thank you for uh, exposing all the evil and all the lies and everything that's that's wrong and and uh, and in uh, our country. We bless our country. God bless America. In the name of Jesus, Amen and Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you on Wednesday at six o'clock, seven o'clock. Excuse me.